Welcome to Talking Tactics, a podcast that gets you results. Each episode features a single tactic implemented with limited resources that moved the needle in enrollment in some way. I'm your host, Day Kibbils, Strategy Director at Ology, a marketing and branding agency for education. Join me every other week for discussions with some of the most clever folks in admissions and enrollment marketing, doing the work day to day, just like you. Talking Tactics is a part of the Enrollify Network, a robust collection of podcasts designed to help higher education professionals like you grow. Explore our other shows at enrollify.org or check out some of my personal favorites, linked in the show notes below. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the leading AI-powered, all-in-one student engagement platform, helping institutions create meaningful, personalized, and engaging interactions with students. Check them out at element451.com. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 2 of Talking Tactics. I'm your host, Day Kibiltz, and I can't wait to kick off the season with even more clever tactics you can try yourself. I am very excited about this kickoff episode because it is about my Hyatt Web 2023 Golden Nugget. If you've ever been to Hyatt Web, you know what I'm talking about. Conference attendees are encouraged to find that one thing, that one takeaway that they can take back to their work right away or that completely blew their mind. Well, this is mine. It usually can be something small or something big, but it's definitely something you can use. And friends, this is something you will use. Our guest today is Andrew Castle. Andrew is currently the senior social strategist and content producer at Middlebury College. He has been creating and curating social media content for higher ed since 2011 and shares regularly about social media content at conferences, through podcasts, and through his writing too. He actually has a peer-reviewed paper coming uh, in winter 2023, which by the time you're listening to this might already be out, about divesting from Facebook and Instagram. Sounds so fascinating to be published in the Journal of Education Advancement and Marketing. And he's also a regular contributor to vault.edu. Andrew is here to talk to us about how he crowdsourced prompts from his social community to generate AI images, and it resulted in 53 submissions, but also a significant audience development across all platforms. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure to be a guest on Talking Tactics Season 2. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for saying it like that. I now feel so much more legit. <laughs> I am so curious about this paper of yours. You mentioned Hyatt Web, and that was a spinoff of my Hyatt Web 2022 uh, presentation about those things. Um, Meta, as a company, has significant issues, and we, as higher education professionals, um, are inviting people to use these platforms that have been proven to harm and damage mental health of the very audiences that we are connecting Whoa. with. So mm. that's a big issue for me. Every time I post on Instagram, I'm very conscious of, is there someone out there who I'm encouraging to get on this platform that might not be using this platform that then will have deleterious effects on their own mental health? That is a big issue to wow. talk about. And then how we could possibly move away from these platforms that are so important to what we do, especially with threads now is part of the meta family and the disintegration of uh formerly known as Twitter, the X thing, more people are going over. And it's a big, big thing. We, I'd be happy to talk some about the research, the stuff that I've done and some of the things that I have been doing um, to sort of move away from Meta as a primary platform. 
I am fascinated. And definitely, let's bookmark that. It's one of my favorite blanks on the Zoom bingo. We'll put a pin in that. Let's put a pin in that and talk about how you post stuff on Instagram. (laughs) So um, take us take us to the beginning of of this idea we're going to talk about. Absolutely. So it is actually sort of uh, related to what we were just talking about. I talked about divesting from meta products at Hyatt Web and I came back and I'm like, I really want to practice what I preach. Is there is there a campaign I can do? Is there something I can do that would be interesting that would not involve Facebook or Instagram? And at the same time, yeah. I was learning and educating myself about uh, prompt engineering for generative AI images using tools like Midjourney and Dolly2 and other gener- generative AI tools out there. Mm-hmm. So as I saw the evocative and fascinating images that were coming from the generative AI, I was like, this would be really fun to share. So I shared a piece of content that was generated about the Middlebury vibe. It had sort of like a New Englandy look to it. People really yes. reacted and responded to it. I was like, okay, that's fun. But what meaning does it have? It doesn't have any purpose Mm. beyond just uh, what I like to call engagement gimmicks. There is good thing about getting likes and followers and all that stuff is very, very valuable. But as a deeper purpose, how does that get someone to know that Middlebury might be a good fit for them as Mm -hmm. a place of higher education at this time when we are really trying to demonstrate the value of higher ed? So as I was trying to find a reason a purpose to share generative AI images, evocative, beautiful, fascinating images uh, <laughs> on uh, official social channels, I realized that anything can be a prompt. And if I was to put yes. out a Google form and I would to ask my audiences, how would you describe Middlebury to a friend? Yes. I will use that to prompt the generative AI tool, thinking that someone would be like, if they're in line at the grocery store, hey, you went to Middlebury, what was it like? It was an amazing educational experience. It was in a beautiful place. It really prepared me for the future. Those sort of phrases can make really evocative images through a generative AI tool Mm -hmm. and are also Mm -hmm. essential social listening and social monitoring information to have. Anybody Mm -hmm. would want to put that on their website. So that's what Mm -hmm. I did. Created a form, asked people to describe Middlebury to the form how they would to their friends, turned around, used those prompts to generate the images to then share, and then have a call to action to get more prompts, keep that cycle going. And one of the ways that wow. I did this very low stakes was I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to, I'm going to see if it's possible to get 30 prompts for one a day in November of 2022 without using Facebook or Instagram. Oh, a little extra challenge. Could I use these other platforms? What would it be like if I posted this on LinkedIn or on Pinterest or on our Mastodon account or on Mm -hmm. our Discord that's growing very slowly? Like, Could I get people to do the prompts? And it worked, as you mentioned, 53, much more than 30. Great, beautiful images, really lovely things that people said about Middlebury College. And go ahead. Yeah. No, wow. I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to, unpack all of that because you know I watched your presentation and I didn't realize the that this was really also trying to grow a platform on some of these less popular channels uh but that's a really cool strategy to get engagement to happen there too Pinterest really that was the place that I think has such potential for the work that we do it's all about doing it yourself higher education is the biggest do it yourself project that you can have in your life Mm-hmm. Pinterest is all about aspirational ideas, mood boards. What can I do? Where can I get these ideas? What can I get these things and put them all together? So I really think I really wanted our Pinterest audience oh. to grow, to raise awareness about that particular platform 
And that totally worked. Before I started doing this, we had 30 people that were randomly following on Pinterest. Again, no time has been spent there, no focus at all. But after putting some time into this board and resharing it, putting it out, we got up to 45 followers, significant statistical growth That's a, during what is that, that time. 50% yeah. increase? <laughs> yeah, in, a, in, in 30 days, which really showed me that people use this platform. If you put stuff there, they will find it. They'll click on the links and follow the links. So what I did also was I wanted to make sure that I tracked this along the way. Create the Google form, then I can track the people that are on the form. From the, the form has a link that was shortened through Bitly. How many people clicked on the Bitly link? Share that link when I share. Anytime I share one of these generated images, ask people to click on this link to submit their own. The link itself got over 300 clicks. So people would click on the link. And of course, as we all know, you can bring a user to a link and you can have them click on it, but you can't make them take any action after that. That's one of the most misunderstoods about social media is I can get them to your website after there. That's up to you. Like what you've done on that website is the thing you do. So hundreds of people clicked on it. A small percentage of them actually did the thing I wanted them to do, but it worked. Pinterest worked. LinkedIn worked. Discord worked. They did the thing. There's audiences are there. They're seeing it on there. They're engaging with content on there. Did you also post these images on on Instagram, on the Meta platform? No, I did no. not. And that was okay. a thing that I was like, okay, if this works, if this is something that could, is sustainable, then that's the next step, is to take it to these larger platforms and get more mm -hmm. regular data. Little data from over a month, it's so dirty and noisy. It takes a lot of time to clean up to get anything yep. really usable out of there. I was able to break it down into the buckets of sentiment, value, and sense of place, like really big general things. And I it did confirm the ideas that we have. Most people will say, what a beautiful place I went to school. People also did mm -hmm. say I had a great education there. So that was good. And then mm -hmm. there were people who also said I prepared me for the future. So I mm -hmm. was able to get those big buckets out of it mm -hmm. and some information in there. Longer term, could have more data on that. That's what I wanted to do, but ran into the public perception of what generative AI is. Mm -hmm. That is a mm -hmm. huge issue. What are the regulations? How are these machine learning models taught? There's lots and lots of considerations out there. And then as we share this content on our higher education platforms, very, very visible. And I did not want to make a PR problem for my team by sharing an image that was so beautiful and then having to deal with lots of comments like, why didn't you hire an illustrator to do this? You're taking jobs away. So it was one of those things where the idea yeah. is solid. It has this, a case study. There's proof that it will work, but just need to wait for the regulations for these platforms to get caught up with it a little bit. Yeah. One of the things I like to ask guests like you is, is that it's like, talk to us about the challenges, right? So you had this great idea. You wanted to create beautiful images that were also meaningful, created a Google form, started collecting information and then using mid journey, which we can talk about in a second here, like how that works. Um, you put them out there, but it's true. I think right now there, this could cause a PR problem. This could cause, uh, this could need damage control, right? So how did you overcome that piece of it? Or how are you planning to, uh, at this point, with the the public perception of generative AI, the first plan is to wait. As we've even um, as we've been planning for this uh, conversation, things have changed. 
ChatGPT4 mm -hmm. now includes text and image-based all in the same thing. So these, these technologies are advancing, and artists and people who would have their content used to train these machine learning models can now opt out of things like that. Canva, I was just looking at Canva, which now has a really mm -hmm. robust generative AI part of it, does say, if you don't want your stuff used, click here, opt out. So waiting mm -hmm. for those things to get caught up so that when these con this content does get shared more broadly, the public will know, oh, okay, they're using these tools that are proven to have these um, things in mm -hmm. place that protect creators and that are doing mm -hmm. it in a very ethical and moral way. So it mm -hmm. is just sort of waiting. That was another thing I wanted to have. Can it work? It can. So when I go to the people I work with and I'm like, hey, I want to do this thing. and like, well, can it work? I have the data have and the, the evidence to mm -hmm. show that it can work. It can get audiences. It can talk about the benefits of going to college so that mm -hmm. prospective students that we want to reach, that we need to demonstrate that value, they can see people are saying it that aren't us. User-generated mm -hmm. praise for higher education in itself, particularly at Middlebury, is invaluable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, for those of us who created a mid-journey account maybe when they heard you talk about this and not before <laughs> me <laughs> and anyone else that might be listening here like how do we do this uh, how how do we know if it works can you walk through what that process is like is it complicated to use dolly or mid-journey it is how does it, work? it it is so simple and extremely complicated at the same time so the simpleness of it, you can put in whatever you want to see and it will generate an idea. It will predict, all it's doing is predicting what you want to see. You say, I want to see an iceberg. It knows what an iceberg looks like, so it shows you an iceberg. And then you're like, okay, well, I guess it's an iceberg, but it might just be a triangle shape that looks white in the middle of a flat ocean. Like, okay, that's not quite right. This is where the complicated part comes in, the prompt engineering itself. I want to see a misshapen blob floating in a dark ocean, glowing from within. Now mm -hmm. you might get that iceberg shape and the look of what you want. So mm. when you start out using any of these generative AI tools, it seems very, very straightforward. You put in the thing, it, it predicts what you want and creates an evocative image. When you start getting more specific about what I want out of my mind to see in the image, then it gets more and more complicated, the more specific that you want it. So that's mm -hmm. the practice and that's the time. And that was another thing that this project let me do, was do that for work was during the work hour, I could say, okay, now I can take this half hour, 45 minutes to do professional development of prompt engineering using this technology, which will be very important in the future. And it did help me yeah. develop those skills. I mean, it is. It is work at this yeah. point. So you that know? was it. It's very simple to start. It's difficult to really, really get that image you see get in your right. mind to come out. You know what this is making me think of? You know how people say it's really hard to draw hands? And it's because you try to like draw how you think a hand should look, but you don't actually like des describe what you're seeing or like actually try to draw what you're seeing. Maybe that's why AI struggles so much with hands. But, but other than that, it's like we say iceberg and we kind of expect people like we have this picture of it, but to describe that, that's such a good skill too, right? Yeah. It also helps. One of the things that helped me write and prompt, uh, the generative AI tool better was the experience creating alt text, 
for images. Yes. Because yes. the alt text needs to be descriptive and evocative in a way yes. that other things don't. And so some of those ideas can come right over into the prompt engine. Oh, that is such a great connection. Talk to us in more detail about what you saw. We know you had audience growth, but what did that look like exactly? What it looked like was when I started, I first put the link out there, um, you know, we get one or two responses. By the time at the end, they were still coming in. So like any sort of project you do, the more that was out there, the more things came back. So it got easier as the month went on to get all 30 prompts. The other thing that it looked like was more and more people engaging with the content itself, seeing mm -hmm. more likes on there, seeing it get pinned on other boards. That's the mm -hmm. exciting part. When it starts to get out of the place that I was doing it into their own social networks. Mm -hmm. and, see, and then the big one was a post on LinkedIn, sharing the content that someone had prompted, them seeing it, them reacting, saying, oh my gosh, thank you for choosing my thing to show, yes. then I can get in there and be like, thank you so much for participating. And that encourages other people to do it. Nobody wants to be the first, but if you can join in what's going on, people do that every time. That was the ultimate. Closing that circle felt so good. And that's the thing that it could really be in the future. That's my dream is to do this sort of co live collaboration. Here's an image I posted on Monday. What would you like me to change for the prompt on Wednesday? Submit the ideas change the prompt, generate on Wednesday. Here we are working together as a community to talk about what we like about this place and generating this idea. Ultimately, the image becomes secondary, tertiary to what we're doing, which is working together and collaborating as a community. They're all invested in this content. They're invested in this image. They helped make it. And then it becomes something that's important to them that they can share on their own. So I saw the hints of these things beginning. Yeah. And that really gives me encouragement to continue this in the future. So, or um, anybody could do it. Anybody, you all can do it. You can um, do it right now. Right now, go do it right now. So, uh, you're, we're talking Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Mastodon. You said yep. you read this into Discord, Reddit. On the, I, okay. I, I even oh, day yeah. I went and I was like, "Hello, Tumblr. I haven't posted on you in a couple <laughs> of years. What's Hello. going on over here? Knock, knock. Zero engagement on Tumblr. Yes. I will say, but." <laughs> It was nice to see my old friend Tumblr. Yeah. I mean, at some point, it's nostalgic for us, right? Right. You know, you never know. That's the other thing. So I've heard my whole career, and no doubt you have as well, and you probably tell us the clients you work with, you got to go where the audiences are. You got to go where mm -hmm. the audiences are. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I say now when I hear that is the audiences are on the internet. That's where they are. The more that we say, oh, they're only here, over here, statistically over here, we're missing out on the people that are across all of those places. What are we doing for yeah. all of those places? Yeah. And as these machine learning models are learning, are pulling from all of these places to, to have um, data to predict what you want when you ask it, the more that we put it out there, the better. So that's why Tumblr was part of my active, active <laughs> to share. Well, and, it wasn't just my so old friend. True. It's true with generative AI itself, right? Like when you ask a question at this point, people are treating it as a search and it's going to look around the internet. And what is, you know, when you say people are on Instagram, is it is it a chicken or the egg situation? Like maybe they're on Instagram because it's the only place we're investing, right? It's right. the only place where we're posting quality content. So I love this experiment of yours and, and that you saw these results in these platforms that others are not 
paying that much attention Up to. Upvotes on Reddit feel much more valuable than they a are. simple like on Instagram. Upvotes on Reddit are validating to your core. They yeah. are about your own identity as a human. <laughs> yes, yes. And so that's what putting content there, getting the engagement there, and then also being able to diversify the subreddits that you share on. Yes. So it's not just the one that's yes. based on about Middlebury, it's also about generative AI, it's about Vermont or other places in general, you get these things. So it can really help spread the word in one platform. Yeah. And I, I, I love all the other benefits you mentioned too, right? Like your social listening, your building community, co-creating together, which I, I mean, I think, of course, we're all headed that way, right? Like our Gen Alphas and Gen Zs are already doing that. And uh, th this fact, this this is why my, my your talk was my golden nugget. The fact that with this approach, you can actually create images for things that are impossible to create images for, like a memory or a moment that past or a feeling mm -hmm. that you don't know how to describe. So, you know, when, when we're talking to alumni and they tell us about their, their most memorable moment on our campus and they tell us that we can't recreate that unless we use technology like this. And imagine us posting images like that or including images like that in our view books instead of stock photography or our website instead of stock. How much more meaningful is it if this was created from a memory of an alumni alum on campus. Right. I'm imagining wow. a spread in a view book of like, these are images of the feelings people had at the, as, as a student here. And yes. they're just abstract and beautiful, swirling colors, all that sort of stuff. Like these yes. are feelings and you could, you could include the prompts in the, anyway, uh, we don't have to yes. brainstorm about what a generative AI view book <laughs> would look like. Um, but uh, yes. I, that I get so excited thinking about the potential of that. Yeah. So I think that is the end of our episode today, Andrew. I thought this was going to be like a five-hour <laughs> A five-hour conversation. You know what? You and I could probably could. go that long. But we no, could. you're absolutely right. Uh, short and sweet is the way to go with this. Um, and that is also yes. a good thing for a prompt. Keep the prompt a little short. Let the machine learning model really, <laughs> really focus on some of those ideas. The other thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you, Dave. I'm going to say this. It, it, oh, I'm going to say it. it like this. Okay. Working with the generative AI tools is weird. You put the thing in, it generates an image for you, and then it does it quite right. There's this weird anthropomorphic thing as a human. You're like, oh, I feel bad asking to do it again. It just did all that work the first time. Get oh. past that. Put that machine learning model to the test. Regenerate, 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 regenerate. Yeah. It doesn't get tired. That's its purpose. It has no feelings. It has no feelings, everyone, yet. Keep going with it until you get something that you like. Don't give up the first time. I, I know. I've had to do that with ChatGPT. I'm like, I didn't like that. So can you please make it sound more professional? Yes. <laughs> I would never speak to a human like that. No, oh no, my but, gosh. These, but these are machines. They're just machines. Yes. They're dumb. They yes. don't have feelings. They don't have brains. They're just trying to predict what you want. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for being here and for opening up all these possibilities for us with AI. And my pleasure. Thank you so much for including me in Talking Tactics Season 2. Yes, I mean, you are kicking it off, my friend. What a bar to set. Season premiere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest to all our listeners, <laughs> go find Middlebury College on Pinterest and LinkedIn so you can see the next cool thing Andrew puts up there. I'm sure there will be something. There will be. There will be. And until next time, folks, keep walking the walk and talking the tactics. The Talking Tactics Podcast is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. 
If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, enrollment, and higher technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks, all designed to empower you to be a better higher ed professional. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions pros find their next big idea and feature a selection of the industry's bests as your hosts, like Jamie Hunt, Allison Tercio, Jenny Lee Fowler, Jeremy Tears, and so many of your other favorite leaders in higher ed too. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the leading AI-powered, all-in-one student engagement platform, helping institutions create meaningful, personalized, and engaging interactions with students. Check them out at element451.com.